the thing about these kids that we've got is that they show us what's in us that isn't serving us. My daughter is completely intolerant of any of my egoic BS, right? She will not tolerate anything less than piercing presence when I'm with her. If I'm on my phone too much, if I don't do what I say I'm going to do, she's going to let me know about that, right? And I love that about her. It's so annoying, but it asks me to grow. It asks me to step up. It asks me to be impeccable to my word. It asks me to be excellent in how I parent. And that is not easy, but I'm up for it. I'm here for this journey. And the reason for that is because of what I see in my work, is because of all the beautiful talented, motivated, extraordinary women, like some of them are doctors, like some of them have got the most incredible experience and qualifications and passion and knowledge and wisdom. And the thing, the stuff that gets in the way of that being shared with the world is people pleasing, is perfectionism and is permission seeking. And I'll be damned if I'm going to program that stuff into my kids. Welcome to the Genius Unleashed podcast with Carly Marie. This is where we have potent conversations all around the idea of unleashing the genius within you, within me, within your clients, and within the next generation. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Carly Marie. Very pleased to meet you. I love to speak on this topic. I love to speak about kids and parenting. I am a homeschooling parent. I have been for a year and a half or so and I love it it's a fantastic choice that I made but I think that the things that I speak about can support any parent to raise confident kids kids with an energy of leadership that they can access when they need it and kids that are connected to themselves whether they're in the school system or not for me, I made the choice to do it outside of the school system. That was for a number of reasons. I have a podcast that I created about how I came to that choice, how we came to that choice. But I want to speak a little bit about, I guess, the broader context of why I've made some of the choices that I've made with my kids because of the work that I do and because of what I see in my work and how I want to help basically put myself out of a job and put people like me out of a job in a way by helping the next generation to not have to heal and work through and unlearn some of the stuff that our generation is healing and working through and unlearning. So I've been working in the personal development space for about 10 years. Firstly, it was in an employment role where I worked at quite a large organization that was about personal development for young people. So sort of grade five up to, you know, about 18. We would create these personal development programs. It was fantastic. It was created by a footballer in Melbourne and I loved doing that work. And then when I became a mother, I decided to not go back to that job and became self-employed. And I was working with mothers who were returning to work because I was a resume writer and then kind of morphed and evolved and I started to move more into the personal development space and spiritual development space and a couple of years ago I wrote a Wall Street Journal bestseller called Soul Modes some of you might have heard of that and in Soul Modes I talk about being connected to your soul and being driven by your kind of internal compass and how that takes us to really beautiful places so Throughout my work in the last, particularly the last couple of years, having a lot of really deep conversations with people and being in facilitating group spaces with, you know, hundreds of people in them at times, where we're working through sort of soul deep stuff and we're connecting to ourselves and we're deconditioning some of the things that the world has taught us about how we're supposed to be. And things like the programmed in people pleasing 
and the perfectionism and the permission seeking that particularly for women is is such a factor in life because it is part of the fabric of our of our programming that we operate from so as we grow up we're kind of given these these beliefs we're programmed in these beliefs into our psyche into our system that then we operate from so when we're say bullied as a kid or if we are you know told by a parent that we're too loud or not pretty enough or too for me one of the my things with my kids is that they're loud right and i'm like oh guys too loud i'm sure they're gonna have stuff later in life about using their voice <laughs> we'll see but this is the stuff that i notice and that i work through and the reason for that is because of the work that i do with women mostly women the work that i do with them helps me to see what their conditioning is how they've been programmed to be and then go ah hmm i can see it being programmed into my kids i can see the same stuff being programmed into my kids and i could see that at school i could see that in society i could see it in the media i could see it everywhere and i'm like okay what am i going to do about this because I don't want my little people growing up and having to be unlearning the stuff that I'm helping people to unlearn now. And I can see myself programming that stuff into my kids about sit still, sit up straight, speak when you've spoken to. I've never said speak when you've spoken to. But kind of that energy that, you know, this is how kids are supposed to be and this hierarchical kind of structure that happens in a lot of kind of parenting situations and where kids feel are made to feel like they don't have power and I see how that plays out for so many women now as they're older and as they're trying to whether it be build a business or or make brave decisions in their lives that we so often seek permission it's the reason why the coaching industry thrives it's the reason why so many people come to me because they're like they they want my permission to be able to do what they feel called to do in the world and I feel like my job and I'm a little bit rogue in the coaching industry in that I hope that I help people to see that they don't need anybody's permission and that it doesn't have to be perfect and that they don't have to please everybody. So while having that programming, it, it's such a huge part of the work that I do and it's my livelihood. As I said, I'd love to see myself be out of a job because I'd love to see people be so internally guided. But I could see that our school system, our traditional way of raising kids isn't teaching them that. It's not teaching them to be internally guided. It's teaching them to look for someone bigger, older, stronger, smarter, more with more authority than them to tell them what they should do. And I could see that with my kids and I didn't want that to be the case. So what I would see at school was things like rewards charts and things like, you know, the star students. You could tell who the star students was. You could see who like the naughty kids were. And I was just like, oh, wow, this plays out in grown-ups as well and I'm and I want to opt my kids out of that so when I when our first lockdowns happened here in Melbourne and I pulled my daughter out of school out of the remote learning it was just not for her it was so boring like I was bored I didn't want to do it so why would she want to do it and I was like let's just play outside and have fun and do science experiments and read books together and and write letters to friends and let's do a whole bunch of fun stuff and I saw my daughter basically start to come back to life and it was a huge shift in her. She was so much happier. She was less tense. 
My daughter's neurodiverse, so we're still figuring out exactly what that looks like. We're in the middle of that process. But she certainly isn't neurotypical. And so a lot about the school system just didn't work for her. Being asked to be still is basically painful for her. So at home, I'm able to set her up with, you know, a wobble board to stand on or a fit ball to sit on and, you know, ice cold water with crunchy ice she can be munching on for that sensory input. Headphones on so she's blocking out external noise. She's got music blaring while she's answering the questions on the screen. It wouldn't work for me, but it works for her. So I've been able to create an environment in which they can thrive and be less swayed by this is how it's done. Even the fact that even uniforms weird me out a bit. Like I want them to be able to express themselves and express who they are. So I made that choice. And so in doing that, it's really it's really had me looking at more and more and more how do I want to raise my kids because I'm so... I'm with them all the time. So the little niggly things that don't work for our family, they've got to be looked at. So they're with a babysitter right now. On a Tuesday morning, I have a babysitter for about three or four hours and I do things like this where I really don't want to be interrupted. And they're having a ball. They've gone for ice cream now, I believe, because their school stuff's done. We do an hour a day of maths and English, basically. And then the rest of the day is fun and play. But I'm with my kids a lot of the time. So what that means is that I have to look at the stuff that's not working and that I couldn't just keep on using traditional parenting methods like rewards and punishments and taking things away if they speak to me in a way I don't like and things like that I'm just like and I even see how it's playing out in like governments right I see how it's like if you don't do what we tell you we're going to take things away from you and I'm like yeah no that doesn't work with my kids so it's probably not going to work with you know a state or a country um, because I think probably my daughter has pathological demand avoidance right and that's as I said we're not through that diagnosis but I've been reading about pathological demand avoidance and a few people have, uh, who are in the know have said to me I think that might be a thing for her and I'm like yeah I think you might be right because I'm, I'm reading about it and I'm really resonating and so looking at that has really helped me to see that human beings in general don't like to be told what to do, have choices taken away from them and be kind of forced to do things. People want to have a sense of self-leadership. And I know for me, the more I have developed my sense of self-leadership, my ability to make decisions has grown, my ability to be creative and innovative and come up with solutions has grown, my ability to relate to other people has grown because I'm more connected to myself. The more connected I am to myself, the more authentically connected I can be to other people. And that's been work I've had to do since school, since adulthood, since coming into my 30s and going through a divorce and realizing that I had completely abandoned myself within my marriage. I wasn't asking for what I wanted. And I see now how much, how much, so much of that had been conditioned into me as a woman and as a young girl that you know a good baby is one that doesn't cry a good girl is one who gets what she gets and doesn't get upset a good woman is one who doesn't complain right it's like this story that's in our society that teaches us not to ask for what we want and not to speak up when something isn't okay and it's really sad to see that playing out so I'm like okay so how can I raise my kids to speak up when something isn't okay and to ask for what they want and so there's a few changes I've made in my parenting and a lot of that has happened since I have decided to homeschool 
because they're with me all the time and because I get to observe them, I've gotten to know them more. I've gotten to learn more about them and how their energy plays out and the things that affect them. So, I mean, um, my daughter would come home from school and she would be like really upset and, and emotional and just like not okay. I could just tell she was not okay. And I don't, I don't know what's happened in the last six hours of her life, right? Whereas when they're at home and if I'm not with them, then someone else is generally one-on-one with them then I can generally get a sense for what's happening. And I've been able to learn what works for them and what doesn't. And so I'm able to reflect on that in in talks like this, where I can share, here's what I've noticed. That's my superpower. It's why I'm good at what I do. It's why I write best-selling books, because I look at life with curiosity. I look at people with fascination, not judgment. And it's not to say I never judge anybody, right? We're human, but I aim to look at people with curiosity and fascination and ask what motivates that person to do this? What motivates people, which is why I teach on motivation. I help people to motivate themselves through understanding how they work. So it makes sense that that plays out in my parenting. So ultimately I'm not a parenting coach. I don't speak a lot on kids necessarily. I'm not trained in that area. I'm certainly experienced in it. And so I love to share what my experiences have been And I have learned from some of the best in the world about parenting and I will continue to because parenting is an enormous challenge for me and I'm doing it all the time. So I want to share some of the things that I do now differently since I have been homeschooling, since I have been spending a lot more time with my children, since I have been observing them and being more curious and just having more opportunity to observe them right I co-parent my daughter with her dad so she would be at school a week and quite often go to her dad's on a weekend I felt like I was missing out on her I felt like I wasn't able to really get to know her I felt like the time I was with her was about managing the bottled up feelings from school or the bottled up feelings from dad's and so I would spend so much time just holding space for her feelings and feeling like I didn't get to enjoy her presence. So there are a few things that have allowed me to firstly enjoy my kids' presence more, but secondly, allow myself to grow through my parenting journey. Because the thing about these kids that we've got is that they show us what's in us that isn't serving us. My daughter is completely intolerant of any of my egoic BS, right? She will not tolerate anything less than piercing presence when I'm with her. She gets, if I'm on my phone too much, if I'm, if I don't do what I say I'm going to do, she's going to let me know about that, right? And I love that about her. It's so annoying, but it asks me to grow. It asks me to step up. It asks me to be impeccable to my word. It asks me to be excellent in how I parent. And that is not easy. That is at times has me sobbing on the bathroom floor or calling my mum going, help, right? At times it does. But I'm up for it. I'm here for this journey. And the reason for that is because of what I see in my work, is because of all the beautiful, talented, motivated, extraordinary, in intelligent did I say that women who are like some of them are doctors like some of them have got the most incredible experience and qualifications and passion and knowledge and wisdom and the thing the stuff that gets in the way of that being shared with the world is people pleasing 
is perfectionism and is permission seeking. And I'll be damned if I'm going to program that stuff into my kids. And the challenging thing is that when you are, I guess, rebelling against some of society's requirements and society, the society I live in does have a requirement for women to be perfect and please everybody and seek permission. I see that. I see it everywhere. It's in this, it's in the good girl story, right? That we're all told you've got to be a good girl. So raising kids in a different way is an act of rebellion. And so when I create an environment that allows my kids to be who they are, I butt up against my conditioning that says that's not okay. So when I'm out in public and my kids are running around and making noise and climbing trees and not sitting quietly, not sitting quietly in a restaurant, right? When they are climbing trees and expressing their feelings and expecting the world to stop so they can feel their feelings, expecting me to stop what we're doing so they can have their feelings and be heard, that butts up against my stuff around what will people think and will we be judged. So that's what I mean by I grow through this process because I get to decondition what society has taught me while I am ensuring they don't get conditioned in the same stuff that society has taught me. Does that make sense? Yes. Jocelyn says, they're so not built to sit still. They actually need to move. I have a dear friend who is a OT, a pediatric OT, occupational therapist, all about movement, right? And she's like, no, they literally like, they're not supposed to sit still. And yet we expect them to sit on a mat, legs crossed, hands in their lap, and they're matching little clothes facing one direction and just listen and just be still. And if they're still, then they're good, right? It makes me so sad. I see my daughter when she's, when she's doing her school stuff, she's moving the whole time and she can only focus if she's moving. And I'm just like, imagine if we all just moved our bodies the way our bodies ask us to move. Like how many times have you sat at a computer just like typing away and just been like, oh God, my body is so stiff. Oh, I just, and we all end up with sore backs and bloody, you know, tense shoulders. Imagine if we all just went, oh, hang on, I need to move. Oh, hang on. Yeah, that feels good. Imagine how much more pleasure we would allow in our body if we lived that way, right? Jocelyn says, oh, yes, I've had a big realization for myself last year that, wow, I'm actually allowed to have what I want and I'm even allowed to want stuff. I get triggered by that with my kids and my kids are just like, want, want, want. It's like, can, I, can we get ice cream? You got ice cream yesterday. Can we get a toy? It was just your birthday, right? Like I, I find myself going, you're being ungrateful because you're asking for more. And one of the things, this is the thing, like clients come to me, like I feel like, you know, I feel like if I, if I want to make any more money than this, I'm being greedy. Or I feel like if I want to post things on social media that I'm being a show off. Right, all this stuff that's just come from the conditioning throughout our lives that says, don't be seen, don't stand out, don't be special, don't celebrate yourself. It's a big thing in Australian society about not to be up yourself, right? Yes. Hi, Natasha, I'm so glad you're here. So, the things that I do differently, the things that have evolved, I suppose, since I've been homeschooling, probably were, were in the process of evolving before that. But one of them is, <laughs> this is this one's a, probably a little bit tricky one for some people, but to see them as actual equals, to do away with the hierarchy of parenting. 
that I am not I'm not to be respected because I'm an elder. I think there is certainly something about respecting people who have been here a long time, but that that doesn't automatically mean that they have to do what I say. That I do not utilize hierarchy in me being above them because I'm the grown up and I say so. To me, that just does not feel right, but instead fostering connection because when we when we love someone when we feel connected to someone we we want them to be happy we want to cooperate with them we want to communicate effectively with them right so building connection and seeing my kids as equals seeing them here as these beautiful gifts from you might say gift from god right and that i am this is how i think about it that i'm not here to tell them what to do i'm here to show them around so imagine like royalty is coming to visit or like, I don't know, your favorite celebrity or something is coming to visit. Maybe they're from another country and it's like how you would show them around. You would be like, you wouldn't be like, you do this, do this, do this. This is how it is. This is just how it is. You wouldn't. You would be like, welcome. I'm going to show you around. Here's how we do things around here, right? Like you would be sharing the local customs, for example, because that's all rules are. That's all rules are and even laws, really. They're just the local customs. They're how we do things around here. They're a social agreement we've all made that we're not going to drink drive, that we're not going to murder each other, right? We have these kind of social agreements that we've made because in different parts of the world, those social agreements are different. Some things are okay that aren't here and vice versa. And so when someone from another place, like a child, has come from heaven to here, we've got to show them around. That's helpful, but we're not here to own them. They're not our prisoner. We're not here to boss them around. They are our equals and in many ways deserve reverence and deserve respect. And so all our job is, is to show them around. Here's earth. Here's the language we speak. Here's the numbers we use to measure things. Here's how we shake hands. Here's how we speak to one another. We use please and thank you because they mean these things. It's not a rule that you use them, but it's like it's like a local custom that we do. And if you do, here's what it will mean to that other person. And here we value kindness and we value this and that. That's kind of how I think about my kids is that I'm here to show them around. Now, in moments, many moments, I notice myself wanting to say, because I bloody said so. And that's when I get to grow. That's when I get to have some deeper more nourishing conversations with my children that's where i get to connect with them as equals as divine visitors that we are here to guide to show around not to boss around natasha says oh i have struggled with this lately they haven't been listening i realized it was because we have a lot going on and mum and dad have been busy and we haven't made the time to connect i have such a thing around listening right i said it to ari the other day i'm like you're not listening and of course what i meant by you're not listening is you're not doing what i said she might have heard me but she might have just said no she might have thought i don't want to do that and that's kind of her choice right but my job also is to keep them safe they don't know they don't know about roads. My job is to teach them. They don't know that if you go in a body of water, you'll drown. My job is to teach them, right? Just like that visitor coming from overseas, here's how you swim between the flags. That's going to keep you safe, right? My job is to make sure that what they're looking at on the internet is safe for them to see. They don't know. They don't know about the internet. They're little kids. 
So just like that visitor, it is not that you are above them. It is not that you own them. It is that you've taken on the responsibility of showing them around and showing them how it needs to be in order to keep them safe. Make sense? So my biggest work is to manage my own triggers, to ask myself what, and this might be for you too, is to ask yourself, what do you want to create as the environment for your kids to thrive in? What is the conditioning you received that you do not want to pass on? Because you get to decide that. What is the conditioning? What is the programming? This is the work that I do in my Formidable Women group. It is a deconditioning container. It is where we unlearn the stuff that holds us back. The people pleasing, the perfectionism, the permission seeking, the hierarchy, the who the hell am I to do that? The who the hell am I? Because if you know who the hell you are, then you're not asking questions like who the hell am I to do that? Because you're like, I'm first name, mother effing, last name. I want my kids to be like, I am first name, mother effing, last name. That's how I want my kids to be. And I've got to, I do that knowing that there are going to be people that don't like it, that there are going to be people that don't like them because they're the sort of people that go, I don't care that you're older than me. You don't get to tell me what to do, right? It's a really tricky balance to find because Raising little leaders means letting them lead, which means stepping back from trying to control, trying to control. We can't be in an energy of controlling and an energy of creating at the same time. I want our home to have an energy of creation about it, that they can create themselves, that they can explore who they are. But if I'm trying to micromanage and control them, and my kids are little, they're eight and four. If I am trying to control them, then I'm just giving them a box to climb into. But I've found in learning about PDA, pathological demand avoidance, what I've found is that just saying, do this because I said so, will never work, right? It will, will not work with a kid who has PDA. This is what I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, a re, I'm a learner of it, not a teacher of it. But it's so interesting to see how that plays out in all areas of life and probably with all kids is that I don't want my kids to be people who someone says just do it because I said so and they do it because they feel like they're going to be safe if they do I want to raise young people who go why tell me why tell me why this is a decision that makes sense tell me why this is a decision that benefits me and others tell me why I want to ask questions which means I cannot parent going don't ask questions just do what I say and it is not the easy way out. Gentle parenting, respectful parenting, aware parenting, conscious parenting, it's not the easy way out. It's not just let them do whatever they want. It's believe in their brilliance, give them space to play with their power. And in order to do that, I have had to look at so many of my own triggers, my own pain. So when my daughter says to me, something that hurts my feelings I can make that her fault that you hurt my feelings or I can look at what's in me that this is poking at what's in me that's ready to be healed because if she says something to me and I get really upset usually 
I can trace it back to another time where someone has said something like that to me and there's something in me that's to be healed. And that's not, I can just spew venom back at her and then give it her, make it her pain to heal later or I can heal my pain in that moment. But letting, raising little leaders means letting them lead. It means believing in their brilliance. It means creating space for their potential. And it is a challenging way to do life. <laughs> it really is. It requires me day after day to swallow my pride and choose my battles and speak my values. So in order for me to speak my values, I've got to know what they are. I have to know what's important for me. So in order for me to create an environment where my kids can be who they are and know who they are and like who they are and trust who they are, I've got to go first. Me being in an energy of leadership means I go first. I've got to be doing that work. I've got to be sharing that. I've got to be willing to apologize. I've got to be willing to be vulnerable. I want them to feel like I've got them. I want them to feel like I am a solid container for them to swirl around in. And in order for me to be that, then I've got to be solid standing in love. I've got to be solid standing in an energy of love. I've got to be working through my stuff. I've got to be doing my work. That's the work that I do with women and mothers. That's the work that I absolutely love to do, but I cannot do that work without also talking about how I see this playing out with kids. Because even if you're not a mother, you there are children around you. There are mothers around you. There, We're all... We're all the, the village that these this next generation of kids are being raised in, right? If you create content, if you're in the media, if you are a teacher, if you are an auntie, if you are a stepmom, then our generation has to do the work on ourselves so that we can create an environment that this next generation can thrive in so they do not have to unlearn what we learned. So if you would love to do some of that work with me, I'd love to invite you to join me in Formidable Women. Please do reach out to me directly or head to carlymarie.com forward slash formidable. I do have some other bits and pieces, of course, just reach out to me or jump on my mailing list at Carly Marie. Um, I'd love to continue the conversation with you. I have a podcast that's called Genius Unleashed where I speak about some of this stuff. I'd love you to check it out. Thank you for being here with me today and being part of this beautiful event. I will see you soon.